This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Everybody, welcome back. Pasha's Noach, even though we're going to learn Pasha's Bereshis. I don't think we've had a share for about two months, something like that. Um, had a lot of time to do a lot of thinking. A lot of drinking and a lot of eating. But, as you know, we had 12 of volcanoes. I was all over the world. had a lot of time to speak to girls, to parents, to kids. And a lot of time to think. So the subject I'd like to talk about tonight is probably one of the most important subjects that there is to talk about. It has a lot to do with chinuch. And um, the subject is consequence. And I guess the beginning of the world, Pashas Bereshis, is where we're going to start to talk about consequence. So first of all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, the basis fiber of the world is physics. It's called nature, it's called physics, but it's actually, all, of course, every second controlled by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The basic theory in physics is every action has a reaction. Okay? The most famous thing that you have as a young kid when you're learning about physics, I should have brought it in tonight, is you have a piece of wood that has six metal balls on it. Okay? And they're all sitting together, these little metal balls, and you take one from this side, and you let it go, it hits this one, and then this one comes out. A reaction has a reaction. If every action does not have a reaction, you're destroying the world. Because that's the basis of the world. Okay? You can never say every reaction doesn't have an action, because that, that cannot happen. Right? You can't have a reaction without an action. But those who believe, you can have an action... There's no reaction. Right? That's the opposite of the fiber of the whole world. When Adam ate from the tree, he ate Sadas, the Medrash says that she decided, for whatever reason, it was, a fr- it was, actually, it was actually a from Yetzirah, that, that whatever it was, that she, that she was trying to do. She wasn't trying to do something bad, but whatever... I want to read you, I'm not going to read you the whole Medrash, but the Mamalayas brings down. When she ate from the tree, the Machamovas, her eyes were opened up and she saw the Machamovas, which was the Satan, which was the snake. She thought that she's going to die. She decided... She's going to also give it to her husband, and as Rashi says, because she was scared he's going to live long, he's going to marry someone else, even though there was nobody else, but that's jealousy, a separate share. So she came to him. She realized, Adam's not doing this Avera. Adam's not eating from the Eitzadas. Crazy Medrash. So one Medrash says, what did she do? Sachta Hapri. She squeezed out the, the juice of the of the pre, which either which was which was most people hold were grapes. But Nasnalishtas and she gave listen carefully to this. She gave him to eat from the juice. 
V'kach ochel adam arishom and eats b'shaygeg. He ate from the tree by accident. He did not know that the mitzvah that he was drinking was from the tree. But Ferish be shogeg. Then there's another medrash that says that he said no. She brought him the fruit. He said no. Kikibamaka says says the medrash. She began to beat him with a stick. See, it started that way back then. <laughs> you hear? He said no. She whacked him. The opposite of abuse, right? And then, not only did she physically abuse him, she emotionally used him. She began to scream at the top of her lungs. And she said, you have to eat from this. And she was screaming and beating him. He didn't, he couldn't go against her. Below his speaker was there. She did not stop this. She knit little Isha until he ate from the tree. She beat him to a pulp. And she screamed and she yelled until he listened to her. So guys, I don't understand. Why was Adam punished? Why was he thrown out of grenade then? His wife's beating him. Or he didn't even know what he did wrong. Why, when you do an Aveira B'Shoigeg, you have to bring a carbon? Mechal Shabbos B'Shoigeg, you turned on a light by accident, you forgot it was Shabbos, whatever, you forgot it was Shabbos, or you just did it by accident, you have to bring a carbon, why have to bring a carbon? It was an accident. Why is the consequence of a Shoigeg, or an Oynes, where someone beat me until I did it, or fooled me and made it into a juice, why am I being punished? Not here. What? Because every action is a reaction. So even though she beat you or she fooled you, at the end of the day, your action was, you were forced, whatever it was, your action was that you ate from the tree. And therefore, there's a consequence. Even if you did it by accident. If I drop a glass right now on the floor, by accident, it's going to break. And what the world, the world doesn't seem to be able to get into its head in our generation, in the last couple of generations, is that even if it's not your fault, it's not my fault. It's talking not my fault. But whatever you did that was wrong, even though it wasn't your fault, you changed. The glass broke. The water's on the floor. I wasn't my fault. I didn't mean it. I did it by accident. Why do I have to bring a carbon? Because at the end of the day, you didn't have Aveira. You did it by accident, but you didn't have Aveira. You are not the same person that you were before you did the Aveira. You're right, you did it by accident. That's true. But the consequences, you're not the same person. You didn't have Aveira. You ate Chazer, thinking it was kosher. Right? Very nice. But you ate Chazer. So that changed you. So Adam, it's not your fault. She beat you. She fooled you. But it's a new game. It's a new day. You 
the, the consequence of it is that your eyes opened up and now you know good from bad. And being that you know good from bad, now you have a Yetzirah. Now that you have a Yetzirah, you're, you're in trouble. You're a different person than you were before. And therefore Hashem had to throw him out of Gan Eden. What is this business, throw him out of Gan Eden? All the, all the, all the, all the, all the other people who talk about Chinech Habanim, God was, God, what, what do you mean? God's bad. God, God's, God, God's not, doesn't have unconditional love. What do you mean he threw him out of Gan Eden? Why did you throw him out of Gan Eden? Why'd you, you didn't keep him home, close to you. Yeah, so there's Eitzachayim. So I was worried about Eitzachayim. So put the sword by the Eitzachayim. Why you have to throw him out? Put the sword by Gan Eden. Put the sword by the guy. Put two two angels and make sure he doesn't eat from the Eitzachayim. And what's the problem with eating from the Eitzachayim? He's going to live forever. So who cares? He can't fix what he did wrong. What do you mean he can't fix what he did wrong? Why not? Why can't he do tshuva? Why can't do tshuva? In the end, the end, this is my whole shit tonight. And I'm going to show you all this farm on it. And the answer is, you, because of what you did, right? You cannot be in the same garden with the Eitzachayim. Because, first of all, Hashem said, if you live forever... You live forever, but it's not only you that's going to live forever. All your children live forever. Again, that's all these Shem, right? They're going to live forever, and uh, they're going to destroy the whole world. So that's number one. Number two, number two, the consequence of what you did, you cannot be as close to Hashem as you were before. Before you were Kulei Toiv, you could be incarnated in Kulei Toiv. So even though it wasn't your fault, it was the snake's fault, whatever fault it was, at the end of the day, because of what you did, you changed. And you changed. You're not on the level anymore because now you do have a Yetzirah. That can't be, that cannot be in Gan Eden. Yetzirah cannot be in Gan Eden. So the snake got thrown out and the two humans that had the snake inside, so to say, had a sutton inside, were sent out of Gan Eden. You can't be in, you cannot be in Gan Eden. But, people come back to me and say, Rabbi Wallerstein, what are you saying? Right? Why are you saying that you can't reward, right? And, and this is my whole thing tonight about, you can't reward bad behavior. That's not a consequence. So that action didn't have a reaction. This kid did something wrong, and now you're buying him a ticket to Israel, and you're buying him a steak sandwich. That's not the reaction to a negative, a negative thing. That's not a reaction. So this, so, and, and one of the biggest problems today is that kids will tell their parents, so, wh- so what's my consequence? If you don't buy me an iPhone, I'm not going to school. Guys, if you're not going to sit here and learn, don't sit here. If you're going to sit here and learn, don't punch each other. Okay, this is a very special share. It's late at night. It's for guys who want to grow and learn. Nobody could see you, so nobody knows who I'm talking to. So you two guys, you two girls, you have to leave the room. Okay, anyway, so because we're on tape, but you hear what I'm saying? So, so a kid tells his parents, "So you're not giving me an iPhone, so I'm not going to school. What are you going to do? You hit me? Call the police? You going to punish me? How are you going to punish me? You going to throw me in the house? I'm not leaving." You have to physically throw me out of the house. So today, parents, they call me all, all day long. They're like, what am I supposed to do? There's like no consequence in my house. I'm not touching my kid. I'm not going to stop giving him to eat. So the action has no reaction. And that's why we're falling apart as families and as as a group and as a world. And the whole world has no reaction. So the fiber of the world, which is created by every action has a reaction, no longer has that. So the nature of the world, 
is being destroyed. So you have hurricanes and you have crazy fires and you have and you have tornadoes and you have earthquakes and you have because the actual physics of the world, which is that every action has reaction, is no longer exists in the world because not every action has reaction, just the opposite. So what do you tell a parent where the kid's terrorist and saying, What are you gonna do? I'm not going to school. If you don't give me this, I'm not keeping Shabbos. If you don't give me that, I'm not going to any more of the family gatherings. What? No, it's not a major lead up. If, if you're a smart kid, we need a major lead up for. It's 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 easy. It's a smart kid. I want a phone. You don't give me a phone. I'm not going to school. This has nothing to do. I'm not talking about off the derech now. Forget off the derech. I'm talking about the non-Jewish world, the whole world. You, the kids are the terrorists. You, there's nothing you can do about what. In other words, I, I this is what I want. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. And there isn't, really. So, so the question here is, well, look at, look, Red Walstein, you, you're wrong because, because unconditional love, you know, that's the way, that's the way to get kids to come back. But the problem with that is that that's not unconditional love. Why isn't that unconditional love? Because if my kid comes to me and says, if you give me this, and you give me that, and you give me this, and you buy me a tray for burger with cheese on it, and you buy me the pants that I want to wear, and you buy me my drugs, Dad, right? Um, then maybe I'll talk to you, and we'll have a relationship. So that's a conditional, that's conditional love. In other words, there's no parent in the world if the kid says to them, I want you to buy me a car, an iPhone, an iPad, I want, I want you to buy me Burger King, um, I want you to get my girlfriend in the house, with, let her be with me, but I'm telling you right now, that if you do all that for me, I'm still going to hate your guts. I'm never going to talk to you. The parent's not going to do it. The reason the parent does un- what they call unconditional love is because if I give you all this, you'll talk to me, you'll come home, we'll be friends. That's conditional love. I'm giving you this all on the condition that you love me. Unconditional love means that I'm not, I'm not giving it to you. I, I, I love you very much. I'm not giving you all that stuff that you should love me. I'm going to bring you up the way I feel I need to bring you up. And if you don't love me, as much as that's going to hurt me, right, I'm going to do it because that's what's good for you. That's unconditional. Whether you love me or not, I'm going to love you without any conditions. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do, even if you don't, even if you don't, even if you're never going to talk to me again. I'm going to do the right thing for my child. If it never talks to me again, there's no condition. But if I do what my child wants because I want him to talk to me, so there's a condition. I'm doing this for you as long as you be my friend. So it's not unconditional love. It's conditional love. Unconditional love means what God did. Hey man, you got to leave Ghana then. I created you. You're my child. I made you with my own hands. You don't even have a belly button because you didn't come from a parent. You don't have an umbilical cord. You are mine. I created you. But you just did something that changed who you are. And therefore, the relationship, the action causes a reaction. And the relationship that was before cannot be the same right now. Now comes some people and they say to me, right, well, it's not true. Right after that, the Pesach says that, that Hashem made them clothing. So if Hashem made them clothing, He rewarded a bad Behavior. The reason you need clothing 
because you didn't have Eira. And now I'm going to make you the clothing. So I'm rewarding you. I'm rewarding bad behavior. So I asked my Rebbe. The clothing is a bad thing. What? The clothing is a bad thing. No, he had to go hunting now. The clothing made that he could walk up to an animal. He doesn't have to shoot from far away. And it kept them cool. The measure says in the summer, the clothing kept them very cool. And in the winter, it kept them very warm. No, it was, you know what it was made out of? You know what it was made out of the clothing? Anyone here know? Mida Kenegi Mida. What do you think it was made out of? It was made out of the snakes. The snake um, sheds its, its uh, skin. It was the shedding of the snake. That was the, that was the clothing Hashem made out of. He made it out of the snake skin, whose punishment was that he would shed his skin, which is very painful every seven years. Everything Hashem does in Mida Kenegi Mida. So here you have a great question. Rabbi Walston, you're giving a whole speech about consequence and about about, you know, not rewarding bad behavior. Adam and Chava do this big avera. They realize they're not dressed. They need clothing. They need, you know, they get, Hashem's making them this air conditioning, heating clothing, which gives them the ability to go hunting. That was the clothing that Nimrod had. So it wasn't, your whole shear is no good. Because even though Rabbi Wallstein threw, even though Hashem threw him out of, out of Gan Eden, right? Which is your consequence, but he rewarded bad behavior. I'm going to give you an answer. The answer is very simple. The answer is simple. This boy, this summer, one of the boys that I know got kicked out of camp. They, they said he's out of camp, they caught him with a phone, with this, with that, whatever, talking to girls on the phone, whatever. They wanted to throw him out for the whole summer. We got just one week. He has to go home for a week, then he can come back. So this camp was in the mountains, this kid lives in Queens, and they're throwing him out, and they're, gonna, they're taking the camp the director is taking him to the short line bus to send him back to New York. He comes to, he takes the kid to the short line bus. They were very upset about the kid because he gave the phone number to girls, to other guys, whatever. It was a mess. And the camp director hands him a bag, a plastic bag, a tuna fish sandwich, potato chips, two cans of Coke, some other snack. He says, this is for you to get home. And the kid looks at him and he's like, oh, I just got kicked out of camp. Like, and you made me a whole meal? He said, what does one thing have to do with the other? You kicked out of camp because you can't be in camp because that's the reaction for what you did. But it's not a reaction for what you did not, not to send you home with some snack and some food. Because didn't reward their bad behavior. Their bad behavior got kicked out of Ganeidon. Now that you're out of Aden, right? You don't have to keep schmeissing. You don't have to keep hitting the kid for what he did wrong. Now that you got out of Ganeidon and you're uncomfortable, here's, your, here's your, your bag on your trip, you know, to go home. So it's not he rewarded the bad behavior. The bad behavior they got punished for. But now that you're out there, now that you're out there, I'm going to make you clothing. No, so I asked Rabbi Gamil about the whole thing, whatever he said. And, and he said that the whole customer, the whole customer's aura is a whole... It was it was clothing of light, whatever. But it's not it's not it's not rewarding. The bad behavior got punished very badly. We don't understand what it means to be thrown out of Ganeiden. He had everything. He didn't have to hunt, he didn't have to plant, he had everything. Why did Hashem just say and he did chuba? Why did Hashem say, Okay, I accept your chuba? We'll put some angels around the tree of Eitzachayim with a crew By the way, you should know something. The the Kruvim, those, those angels, and that sword that's upside down, 
the Medrash says it's not, it's not there to keep Adam out. It was there to keep the wife of the snake. They were also thrown out. Shaden. And all those bad, bad things that you shouldn't be able to get in there. But Adam was out. So, even though he did shuva, because of what happened, even though it wasn't his fault, the consequence was that once he had a Yetzirah, he could not bring that into Ganeiden. Ganeiden is a very holy place. There's no place in Ganeiden for a Satan or a Yetzirah. The human being ate from the tree. Now he has a Satan inside. If he stays in Ganeiden, he, he, the Satan's in Ganeiden. So he had to go, even though it wasn't his fault. And this is something that we, we just we don't accept. There's a, there's a consequence. There's a whole machlekes, a very big machlekes. If someone is very sick, and you have to give them chazer, right, to save their life. Well, let's say the people that were in the, that were in the, what's it called, in the Holocaust, and they were in Auschwitz, and they, and they gave them a piece of chazer. They're allowed to eat it to stay alive. But was that metamptim mitzalev? In other words, it, the consequence is, he's allowed to do it. But did it affect me? We know that trafe affects you. Did it affect you? The physical world is the same thing. Every medicine has a side effect. It's the same thing. It has a side effect. You're taking a medicine, but it has a side effect. And sometimes the side effect is worse than the medicine. There are so many psych medicines that if you read them, the side effect is suicide. So you have a depressed, anxious kid, you're giving him an upper or, some, or something for it, and you read the thing, you Google, you read it, it can cause suicide. So that shouldn't you take it, shouldn't you take it? But the mice, there's a side effect. When you do it at Vera, even if it's a hector to do it, right? I know somebody who told me his whole life he dove in that he shouldn't have a baby on Shabbos. So what? He said, I daven, I shouldn't be Machal Shabbos to have a child. I said, but you're not Machal Shabbos. Halachi, you're not Machal Shabbos. He said, I'm Machal Shabbos with a heter. It's the whole thing in bris milah. So he said, I don't, why? If I'm going to have a child, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a taxi. I want to have a child. I said, I hear you. He said, because it's going to affect me. It does affect you. Even, even like Hatzalah guys, whatever it is, it affects you. Shabbos is not the same. It doesn't have the same chumrah. You're in a car on Shabbos. It's, it's, you have to do it. You have to be moist and effish and you have to save people. And that's not halacha. But at the same time, Shabbos doesn't have the same kedusha to you who just got out of the car and, and to a person who didn't get into the car. I don't know. must be very hard. It's got to be very hard. It definitely has to be very hard. Every action has a reaction. Everything in the world, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, has a consequence. If you embarrass someone, if you embarrass someone in front of everyone else, the consequence is you can't go into Ganeiden. You can't go into Elam Haba. My my high, what's it? That's they're telling you. That's the consequence. That's the reaction to your action. You commit adultery, the reaction to that action 
is skila. Hashem shows you everywhere, whatever you do wrong, there's Malchus, there's skila, there's Hanika, there's Mises Beit Shema. Every action that a human being has in this world has a reaction. And the problem, reaction is a consequence. Every action has a consequence. The same thing, same word. Every action has a consequence. The problem that we have right now in our generation is that we're rewarding bad behavior. Rewarding bad behavior is not the consequence of bad behavior. It's not. It's the consequence of good behavior. Punishment is the consequence of bad behavior. Reward is the consequence of good behavior. When you start to flip it, that bad behavior is getting reward. Good guys are getting punished. They're not getting any attention. They're not getting anything because they're not off the death, whatever it is. There's a whole, there's a whole mushmash, right? It's not working anymore. And it's talking not working anymore. And, and, and yes, that, you know, I'm, I'm not t- pushing aside abuse or anything else, whatever it is, but there's j- just, just another kid. We just lost another kid. There's downright suicide because the world, life and the world is not in balance anymore. It's totally out of balance. And this all started, this all started in Voracious. Adam took the world out of balance. But Hashem said, you're not, you're not, you cannot be in Gan Eden anymore. You cannot be, you cannot be, have Ra and live in Gan Eden. You can't. And you ate from the tree. She beat you everything. You're right. You're 100% right. It's not fair. You're right. It's not your fault. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have a Yetzirah. Yetzirah can't live in Gan Eden with you, with me. What? He was there. Right. But he wasn't in the human being. He wasn't, and he was invited, and by the way, if you read the Medrash, that was Adam's big mistake. Adam wanted a servant. And he was the only one that was on two feet. It's not, no, it's not, it's not the Nachash. It's the, it's the Ra. Now you know Toiv and Ra. It's not the snake itself. But he wasn't any human being. In other words, he could have thrown the Nachash out. But Adam, once he was, had can't, there can't be wrong can't be wrong so how was the Nachash outside he wasn't in the person we're talking about the person right now you can't be here anymore and it seems to be very unfair because she, if she beat him or she fooled him he's a shayge the answer is the shayge why the shayge have to bring a carbon because he there's a rift he changed he didn't have a he's got a, a fleck on him he's got a it's not your fault there's a piece of dirt on you but we got to get it off you we got to get it clean yeah I said that. Okay, so what's your with the hot, with the hot, with the hot Right. It's, it's more lumdish. That's more. That's not what Hashem said. Anyway. What? Even if he admits, he still did it. Yeah, but the consequence is two things here. There's the punishment that he has to work the earth and everything. That's one of them. I'm talking about getting thrown out of Ganadin. I'm not talking about his curse. His curse was, his curse was, you know, for, for that very he did, right? He could have not gotten his curse. He would just got, you can't be Ganadin with me anymore. That's the consequence. But the, the punishment that he got was because he was a Kofi type. The minute he ate from the Esadas, he had to go. Because he, he had, he had hate. 
and he can't, he can't be in Ganeiden. But he didn't have to get punished, he has to work the, his two punishments, he has to work the ground, ground won't grow, and all that other stuff. That came because he was a Kofi Taif. That was a punishment. Leaving Ganeiden was a consequence. Punishment he got for being a Kofi Taif. Leaving Ganeiden wasn't a punishment, it was a consequence. You did it. You did it by accident. Doesn't deserve punishment. He doesn't. That's from the whole thing of my whole year. He didn't deserve punishment. She beat him. She 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 fooled him. You don't get punished for that. But consequence, you do have for that. I dropped the glass. It broke. You're not going to punish me for that. But the glass broken, right? But if I did it on purpose or for another reason, you'll punish me for that. His punishment came because he was a comfy type. But his thrown out of Ganeiden was the consequence of his behavior. And hers too. She wasn't a kafri type. She wasn't a kafri type. Right? right? Mm-hmm. But if you say it was wine, so then why... When why didn't he know? Others say, oh, my wife. But he didn't know that anything wrong. No, at that point he knew. Their eyes opened up. He knew when Hashem, when he came, Hashem came to me. He knew he did wrong. Why, what he said? He didn't know. Why is his wife? So he, he was right blaming his wife. That would have been fine. He said, the wife that you gave me. That was the coffee type. The, why are you all dirty full of ice cream? Well, it's your fault, Ma. You gave me ice cream. Oh, you're not getting ice cream anymore. Why did he say that He was a coffee type. He said, the woman that you gave me. If he would have said, she gave me the tree. She beat me up. She gave me to drink. He wouldn't have gotten punished. But he said to Hashem, it's your fault. You gave her to me. Now it's your fault that this happened. Look, Hashem, you gave her to me. Well, then Hashem's fault. Hashem gave, gave Chava to him because he was lonely. So Hashem gave him, right? It's like the kid who asked for ice cream. His mother gives him ice cream. Puts it all over his shirt. Well, it's like, I can't believe you did this. I have to punish you. And he's like, no, Ma, it's your fault. What do you mean it's my fault? If you wouldn't give me ice cream, I wouldn't put it on my shirt. It's a coffee tough. I gave you ice cream and then you're using it against me? That was his mistake. That was his mistake. The question is, why did she get punished? She wasn't a comfy, she wasn't a comfy type. So according to this measure, if she be, if she beat him or fooled him, then she deserved to be punished. And you want to hear something you know you You want to hear Mida Kanega Mida? Knock you out of your chair? What's her punishment? Two things. One when she gives birth, right? What's the other punishment? Lim Shaboy. He'll always be your master. Why was that the punishment? You beat him? You, you wanted to be his master? You beat him until he said yes? Your punishment is now. You're going to be subservient to him. You were the boss. You were beating him up, right? You were yelling at him. Nah, anymore. Now he goes, the other, that's not that you should beat your wife. But now it's going the other way around. Now he's going to be the moishal. You were the moishal that caused him to do that. Hashem is always me the connecting me. Now what's your punishment? You're going to be nobody. He's going to be the moishal. That was, no. No, whatever, I'm not getting it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for a hundred emails. I'm fine with it, you know, all the ladies, whatever. It is what it is. There should be no moishel in a marriage. It should be equal. I'm not, I don't know if there's first, uh, the answer to the first question about what's the reward to other people? It's not a reward. It wasn't a reward. It's like I'm throwing you out, but I still love you, right? So, so, so that. The consequence is you're out. Right? Okay. But like, like if Chatzchon parents have to throw a kid out for whatever reason, right? Yeah. But we, we, we packed a, a, a beautiful 
lunch and supper for you, and I bought you a sweater and, and a pair of pants, you should be comfortable where you go. Because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not out to hurt you. Right, that's, that's what Hashem said. So I don't want to hurt you. The consequence is you have to leave. I have no choice. You have to leave. Okay? But I want to make it as comfortable as I can for you. But he didn't reward him for doing something bad. He didn't reward him. Just like this, this guy who threw him out of camp. He didn't reward him by making him a bag of lunch. He cares about him. The kid was freaked out that he did that. You're throwing me out. And you're making me food? Yeah, what does one thing do with the other? The consequence is you had a phone, you told kids in the bunk that you had the phone, you're talking to a girl, they knew you had a girl, you can't be here. I can't, I can't change that. I tried, I tried to get the kid to stay there. He wouldn't listen to me. He said, I can't, I can't. I have other parents. I, 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 I said, I understand. This is a week, so everyone knows he was punished, uh, but I can't. I can't leave him in the bunk. I said, he's having a hard time, and this and that, and his parents, and that. He said, I hear everything, Rabbi Wallenstein. I hear everything. The consequence for what he did he has to leave camp for a week. Not a punishment. He let everyone know he had a phone. There were girls on the phone. He cannot be in his bunk. It's a firm place. But that doesn't mean I'm sending him on a bus ride for two and a half hours and I'm not making him food and giving him stuff to eat. There's no two other. That's the consequence. And the rest of it, I'm not looking to punish him. I'll never do it again. The whole works. Chuva, whatever. There's consequence. The problem with drug with people who drive drunk is that when they get into the car, they're drunk. And when you're drunk, you cannot think about a consequence. So you get into the car, and just just now they pulled over a lady two nights ago. It was all over the news. She had three children in the car: twelve, ten, and six, and she was totally drunk. You think she wanted to kill her kids? You think she wanted to put her kids in danger? For sure not. But she was drunk. When you're drunk, you can't think of a consequence. So somebody who could think of a consequence should be driving you. It's very, it's very finite. It's very finite. The consequence in Pasha is Noah. You think it was a punishment that Hashem destroyed the world? It wasn't a punishment. The world became so sick that animals were sleeping with outside their breed. Fruit trees were hanging out together that shouldn't have been hanging out together, orange and apples and banana, whatever. And the earth, the fiber of the earth became so tame. So she like, I'm not she didn't punish the apple trees. He didn't punish the hippopotamuses that all died except for the two that were in the table. Oh, millions of animals that died. And birds and things and whatever. What did they do wrong? Did I punish them? No. The consequence of their behavior, of what happened to the fiber of the world, was that this world as it is has to be destroyed. A punishment. That's his world. That's how he created it emotionally and spiritually and physically. And the spiritual world is the same consequences as the, as the physical world. You do, if I crack into a car by accident... I cracked into the car. I have to fix it. So if I do it up there by accident, I got to bring a carbon. I have to fix it. I'm not a bad guy. I did it by accident. Right? I flipped on the light. I thought it was Sunday. It's so honestly, consequence is something that's stationary. In other words, 
if I if my restaurant closes at ten and you show up at eleven, the consequence is you're not going to get any food because there's no one there. It's not a punishment. I don't even know you, right? A punishment is when you tell your kid to be home at eleven, and the kid shows up at eleven fifteen and all the doors are locked, and she's banging on the door like you can't come in. I told you to be at eleven. Ma, you didn't tell me that if I'm not at eleven. You're going to lock me out of the house. That's a punishment. Consequences, listen to me. 11 o'clock, I'm locking all the doors. You're here by 11, you're good. You're here after 11, you got to sleep somewhere else. It's not a punishment. I know beforehand the consequence. That's the difference. Now, there is, there is a punishment. There is punishment. I don't... I, I have one question on that whole, sh- in that whole share. I'm trying to get an answer. I'm trying to get... If anyone listening can give me an answer on this... Because really, there is no punishment. The truth is, there is no punishment. It's all, it's all consequence. Terry tells you, you do this, Malchus. You do this, Misa. You do this. You know, every Aveira in the Torah, I say, Lord, I say, there's a consequence. He doesn't, Hashem doesn't say, and if you do this, we'll see what I'm going to do to you. There's also a thing. There's also an option. There's no option what Hashem could do to me because I did something wrong. It's very finite. This is the consequence of this Aveira. The Zoya, the, 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 the that Rizal, they would come to him and somebody would have an earache. He would say, that, an earache, is connected to this and this mitzvah in the Torah. You're not doing that mitzvah correctly. If you fix it, your earache will go away. It's not a punishment. So There's a consequence in the physical and spiritual world. But I have a problem with one thing. And the problem with one thing is... I haven't found it till I've been looking. I've been really looking. I haven't found it yet. It's an animam. Animam emunah shalem and yud alav. Shabari is baruch shmuel. The creator blessed name goimul toiv. The shemri mitzvah itself. He's goimul toiv to the ones who keep his mitzvahs. Umaanish loivre mitzvah itself. And he punishes. No, it's not, it's not it, the word is not, unless ma'anish can mean a consequence. Why not? The English translation we say is punishment. But maybe ma'anish, yeah, maybe, maybe Hashem set it up in the beginning that the people are always raised mitzvahs, the consequence will be negative. I'm going to tell you, anyway, so that, that's that piece. On the other hand, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is such a Baruchah I'm going to read you something not unbelievable from the Tanah Devel which is Elio Navi, from Elio Navi. We're going to try to learn a little bit every week. But before I do that, so you know guys, I've been speaking for many years about this unconditional love and twist, whatever, all these other things, give him everything, buy them everything, doing everything. I get some very heavy shirim on it. But that was my opinion. My opinion, as a father, as a Rebbe, that, you know, very anti that, and that thing with the morning, making the kid the breakfast. I gave a whole shit on that. But that was my opinion. I never heard from the kid who's getting this twisted parenting or unconditional love, whatever you want to call it. I never heard from them. So it was my opinion. You don't have to agree with my opinion. A whole circus. My phone's ringing. Rabbi Wallstein, did you read the kid who wrote in the Mishpacha that's part of that system? I'm like, I don't really read that much. I'm trying to, you know, learn. 
Uh, I don't really read them. No, Rabbi Wallstein, you have to read it. So finally, a Cholomoyed Circus, I got a hold of the Mishpacha. I would like to read you what a kid who was getting this unconditional love wrote into the Mishpacha. Okay? And it says the following. So it's about a boy who was 16. He was off the derrick and on drugs. My desperate parents sent me to a desert boot camp. And they laughed. I didn't know there was one. Where I earned a scuba diving license. The first achievement of my life. Later while diving near the Bahamas, I ran out of oxygen. And although my buddy helped me make it safely to the surface, once there he didn't realize I was in distress and unable. Because he got him up, but he, that was it. To the top of the wave. I was unable to ride the powerful ways. My near-drowning experience made me think seriously for the first time about Hashem and about what I really wanted in life. And it spurred me to enroll in the yeshiva and turn my life around. Okay, this is what he writes. So now this is not Rabbi Wallstein. This about a kid that was in this situation. I was one of the first victims of unconditional love. The phrase started entering the Frum lexicon at around the time when I started going off the direct and using drugs. My hysterical parents sought advice from an expert who coached them on the unconditional love approach and instructed them to buy me a laptop with open internet access and a library of preloaded movies. When my father presented me with the laptop on Erev Pesach, the message was clear. We know you're Machal Shabbos and we are fully expecting you to use this on Yantas. I suppose the thinking was that this would keep me off the street and away from drugs. But all it did was confuse me. All the years my parents had maintained rigid rules. You have to wear a hat and jacket wherever you go. You have to sit at the Shabbos table the entire time. You must say it's Vatoira at every meal. We never ever watched movies and the only music we were allowed to listen to was Cantor Yossela Rosenbach. Now that I was officially at risk, however, the expert, the expert advised them to drop all the rules, cold turkey. In addition to the laptop, I received my own credit card with a generous spending limit, and my father personally escorted me to all sorts of amusement parks and attractions that he would never have allowed me to step foot into before. He actually came with me on a wild roller coaster ride during which he lost his yarmulke. But did I feel loved by this at all? But did I feel loved by all this? Absolutely not. Oh yeah, at first I felt it cool to have all this freedom and money. But deep down, deep down it was terrifying. I felt as though my parents had given up on me. Even if they didn't utter a word of criticism about the choices I was making, I knew their values hadn't changed. They didn't want me to be watching movies. They didn't want me to be Machal Shabbos. They didn't want me wearing jeans and t-shirts. So if they were actively encouraging me to do those things... It must mean that they thought I'd never amount to anything. Why else would they change their rules so abruptly? I have a lot of friends who do drugs or did. Some of my friends died of overdoses. The common denominator among all of them is that they were very hurt, whether by their parents, their teachers, their friends, or society. Does the hurt go away if your parents indulge your every whim? No. It's something you have to work through at your own pace. And the process isn't accelerated by parents giving you the green light to flout everything they hold dear. On the contrary, when my parents gave me whatever I wanted, including things that ran counter to their own values and beliefs, I felt like a total failure. It was as though my parents were telling me, you're messed up. You're never going to fit into the normal we brought you up to fit in. 
The way I see it, the unconditional love that some experts are promoting today is a highly emotional knee-jerk response to the terror parents feel when their child engages in self-destructive behavior, whether physical or spiritual. They can't handle the situation, so they go ahead and give their at-risk kids whatever they want, whether it's buying them tray food, allowing them to live depraved life right under their parents' roof, you know, with the girl in the house, or sitting by silently while a kid in front of their faces. You think the kid doesn't know that his parents are crying inside, despite their valiant attempts to show him that they're cool with the horrible stuff he's doing? Do you think a kid feels love when his parents trample on their own values in a desperate effort to prevent him from overdosing or otherwise ruining his life? If parents are being eaten up inside by what their kid is doing, then no matter how enthusiastically they encourage him to do those very things, they are not loving him unconditionally. What they are doing is giving him a very conflicted message. Trust me, when parents go out and buy their kid a cheeseburger, the kid doesn't feel love. He hates himself. You know what real unconditional love looks like? It's when a kid does something wrong and the parents show him that they love him regardless of what he did and then discipline him. Because when you love someone unconditionally, you create boundaries for them. You don't let them do whatever they want if those, those things are going to harm him. A kid has to know that even if he makes mistakes, even if he goofs in a big way, he's still going to be loved and cared for and safe. This is what I'm saying about Adam. In other words, Hashem had to send them out but he, he still loved him, so he made him clothing that kept him warm and cool and, and get, able to hunt. You know, just because your kid did something wrong, you don't love what he did, you still love him. So the, that Hashem made him clothing, Hashem was saying, I don't love what you did, and what you did, even though you were forced to do, put you in a position that you cannot be here anymore. That's the, that's the reaction to the action. That's the consequence. I still love you. So if, you, if you're going to be outside in the cold, I want you to be warm. If it's going to be very hot, I want you to be cool. If you need to hunt for food, I want you to be able to go up to the animal. And that's unconditional love. And that's what this kid is saying. And because you love him, just the opposite. You're not going to let him destroy his life. Unconditional love is a feeling. It's not about the tangible things you give your child or about ignoring the things they do that eat, up you, that eat you up inside Unconditional love can, cannot start when your kid drops his yarmulke and gets his ears pierced. Real unconditional love starts from the time kids are little. If they know you love them and you're willing to do anything and everything for them, including setting reasonable limits and boundaries, then you won't have to buy them a cheeseburger, to prove to them that you love them unconditionally. They'll know it inside, even if on the outside they're still figuring themselves out. I've been clean of drugs and back on the dera for almost 10 years. Baruch Hashem, thanks to real unconditional love. That unconditional love came not from my parents, but from my Rebbe, who met me when I was in really in a really bad place and believed in me from the moment he met me. Even though I was a rebellious, angry teenager with a shaved head and, and earrings, my Rebbe wasn't afraid to tell me off, nor did he mollycoddle me when I broke the yeshiva rules. But he did give me the things I need most, love, warmth, acceptance, and confidence that I could become a success, which today I think I am. That's from the kid. Thank you very much. That's why everyone called me to read this article from the Mishbach. And that, that's what I'm talking about over here. You did something wrong, you did something wrong. You need to know a boundary. You did something wrong. There's a consequence. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Consequence is the reaction of the action. And a consequence doesn't mean I don't love you. That's what we have to... 
not be scared. We, we think today, every parent thinks, if I'm going to give my kid a confidence, he's, he's going to say, I don't love him. So no, do whatever you want. Then you can, it's wrong. How does the parent show the, show the love even though you're giving them consequence? You, you give them positive stuff. You give positive coincidence. What? What? First of all, first of all, there should be a lot of positive consequence. Even before the consequence, there should be a lot of positive reaction to it. Time, oh, try to talk about it all the time. How do I know my father loved me? He was a disciplinarian. How do he love me? He gave me his whole life. He gave me time. He was always there. Hockey, he was there. We had to stick. Let's go play. Paddleball, let's go play. Whatever, whatever he did, he want. I knew, I knew he loved me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need anything else. And and that's what a parent needs to do when they're very young, because when they're when you don't do that, and they're now they're sixteen, you're trying to catch up, but you can't catch up. Things don't mean you love me. And the kids know, like, no, you know why my father's letting letting me taking me here and buying me this because he wants me to, he wants me to become from again. So then they start to say, he doesn't love me at all. He, it's all about God. It's like, if he knew I would ever become from again, he wouldn't give me anything. It turns into this whole anti-Hashem, anti... So he's saying over here, that in the end, it's, it's a Rebbe that saved them. But the Rebbe, he, he messed up in Yeshiva, and the Rebbe probably threw him out. That's what it seems to be from the article. And then he took him back. And then he took him back. If the What? Which kid? In the story that just read. He knew oh, it had nothing. Oh, it's all about God. He's giving me a consequence. He's keeping me out. Because he loves, it's all about God. Why would he take that? If this because how does, how does a guy get thrown out of camp for having a phone and talking to girls in his bunk know that he didn't get thrown out of camp because it's all about God? Right. How do you know? Because when he was put on the bus, he was given a bag with food in it. And that's not all about God. If it's all about God, what do you have to do that for? So even Hashem, in the case of my Adam, I threw you out again, Eden, right? It's a consequence to what you did, but it's not all about me. So I'm going to make you as comfortable as I can in this world. And he gave us a very beautiful world. It's not all about me, but what happened to you from when you ate from the eighth of death, you cannot live in my house. So it's not Hashem's a mean, threw me out of the house! You see, Adam didn't even say anything about it. Because Adam understood, as I am right now, having Ra in me, right? You can't be here. And he brings it down. You, the, the closeness to Hashem, there was a rift. Caused the rift. You cut somebody's hands off. He doesn't have a hand. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. He doesn't have a hand. There's a consequence. God created, if you learn physics, right? It's amazing. If you know architecture, you build a building a certain way that, that everything, if, if you're off a drop, the whole building collapses. So people who, people who build buildings, they know concrete, they know the physics of concrete, they know the physics of steel, they know how to, you understand? If you go off a little bit, what do you mean? Why did it collapse? Because that's the way the, the world was built in every action as a reaction. You know, the arc is amazing. It doesn't fall in the middle stone. Right? Even in physics, there's an arc. The middle stone should fall straight down your head. Right, it's the way. The way. Right, so there's, the, 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 no one understands that that physical world. God put so much into the physical world 
that, that every action has a reaction, all the physical... It's the same thing in the spiritual world. No different. Every mitzvah has a koyach. Every avera has a koyach. And even an avera that you do by accident, you've got to bring a carbon to fix it. What have to fix it? I did it by accident. You have to fix it because the bottom line is you're not the same person before you did that shaygay and after you did that shaygay. You've changed. Minutely. You have to bring your carbon to straighten it out. And the difference between a, 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 an adult and a, and a child is, is, is that, is, a, is an understanding of consequence. And as you get older, you get firmer usually because you realize that the consequence is coming soon. You're getting closer to the next world. And that's the big world of consequence. That's when you get your real spiritual consequence. Which brings me to this Tarad Belio. We'll end with this. Talk about spiritual consequence. Okay. So listen carefully. Hang on. Okay. The students of Rabbi Eliezer said to him, Tell me, What's going to happen in the end? In the end of time. Mashiach. Don't forget to tell you another we're talking to here. Amalahem. No, cre- no creation in the world will be saved from that Yom Adin. Okay? Even the moon and the sun. What do you mean the moon? Yeah, that's not that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sun, moon, sky, whatever it is. Okay. It says, that when Mashiach comes, um, Hashem will take revenge himself. Any nation who pain Yisrael, none of them are going to get away with it. None of them. Okay. This is what he says. Hashem says to Klai Banai, my children, you're holy. Don't worry so much from the Yom Hadin. You're my children, you'll be holy. Listen to this. You're not saying what's going to happen. So, Mashiach is coming, it's the end of time. Right, Akash Baruch sits. Maybe lost his kisei adin. They bring him his kisei adin. But Yosef Olam and he sits on it. I only done him with fun of everybody's judged. But Chila in the beginning, Karakash Baruch Hu Shemayim Aretz. Hashem says, "Okay, first one being judged is Shemayim and Aretz." Ramalehem and he says to them, "Neyudik, this is crazy stuff." Bereshis Kobarasi Eskam. In the beginning, I created you too. That's the first things I created. Says Bereshis Olam came with Shemayim and Aretz. You saw my Shekhinah leave, right? The base of each one, they were destroyed. My base of Migdash was destroyed. And my children ended up going into Golos. How come you didn't come to me and ask that I should have pity on, on Klaistro? Done and he judged them. And he pushes them over to the side. This is the times of Mashiach. He calls the sun and the moon. Right? You're my two big 
luminaries in the sky. You saw my Shechina leave the world, and you saw my Beis being destroyed, and you saw my children in Golas. You didn't ask for pity. And not only that, the 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 Goyim that came to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, Manichim Kisrayim Baroshayim, to the sun and moon, they put crowns on your head. They served you. Not only you didn't, not only you didn't ask for rachamim, but they were serving the sun and the moon, and you didn't come to me. Donim, he judges them, pushes them to the side. Then he calls the kechavim namazalos, the 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 sky, the the stars namazalos. And he evaki as zevichem yisayf ha'elam atzayfa. I spread you out from one end of the world to the other. Olei barasi eschem elam b'shvil yisrael. I only created you because of klai yisrael, right? Why did you see my Shekhinah leave and my children and you didn't ask? And he throws them to the side. Then he calls the Malach his angel. The Mechila Karol calls his big angel. I called your name through my name. And then you saw my Shekhinah leave and my, my children suffer and you didn't ask for Rachamim. And if you're going to tell me, says Hashem, that your angels in Shemayim and you didn't know, I told you right away. Avraham, Yitzchak. Okay. So anyway, he calls, Kosh Baruch Hu, calls his Kisei Hadin, his throne. Ramalai, Kosh but every reason, why did you see my children go into Golas and you didn't ask them Rachamah? He puts his din, his chair, you didn't, on the side. That's what it says, that no creation can stand through din because Hashem's tiny to them all, right? That they didn't do anything. Okay, here comes Eliyar Novi. Eliyar Novi says, you know what's going to happen, boys, and everyone who's listening... Hashem's going to destroy the whole world. Maybe start with North Korea, maybe. I don't know. That day, Hashem will be left alone by himself. He's going to recreate the new world, and that's Elam Haba. He'll bring back the dead. Umevi afro arat afro mason v'goyim zeh bezeh, and he's gonna they're gonna get veins and bones. V'amulah hem akosh baruch hu malcheshares, and he's gonna call the malcheshares that should take all the neshamas and put it back into the guf. So really, he's first gonna destroy the whole world. I'm just reading you what Tanoiyah says. I'll take one second, and everybody will stand up. The earth. Of the new world is going to open its mouth. Earth's going to say, one second. This guy that just got up in Chesim he did this Avera and this Avera. This guy stole. Right? But it's not talking about the Jewish people. They're going to talk about the non Jewish people. 
I'm not going to translate that for the tape, but all those who understand Hebrew, understand. Boys, the Shabbat get him as people ever say, Kosh Baruch Hu, Yubani Mali Oisi Pshay Yisrael. Throw me now the Pshay Yisrael, the Jewish people who did have errors, right? They were, he was full with the other ones. He said, now throw me the Pshay Yisrael. I'm like, Kosh Baruch Hu, Famalesi Bagayim. I already filled you up with, right? Akum. There's no more room. You hear what Hashem did? There's no more room. I married the fun of Gehenim says to Hashem, one second. Didn't you promise me? Says, see the Gehenim come for Then you're going to make me bigger, and you're going to stretch me out and give me more room. And Hashem takes the sinners of Klaistral and He throws them into Gehenim. Okay, so now we got not so good, right? Now it's not so good. Wait. Goes now to sit with his malachim and his angels. And Zerubavel Shatil gets up to be the translator. And Hashem teaches them all the, the time at Torah. And Hashem says to all the tzaddikim, Come with me into Gan Eden. I only created the world for the tzaddikim. And David HaMelech invites Hashem to a, a meal. So that's David. This is all Mashiach. Um, in Gan Eden. Hashem listens to him. And he goes with them into Gan Eden. Right? We talked about Gan Eden tonight. Shinema, okay. By Gabriel Gabriel puts out two chairs. This, I told you this is cooler even than Kaviyosha. He puts out two chairs. One chair for God. And one chair for David. And they eat. I don't know what this means. They drink three. Cups, who's gonna bench? Avram, go bench. You're the father of the world. He says, No, I can't bench. Why? Because I have a child that caused a lot of pain to the Jews. Okay, you go bench. He goes, No, I can't do that. I have an ace of. Hashem says, Yaakov, go bench. He says, I can't. I married two sisters. And it says in the Torah, you can't marry two sisters. Okay, you bench. There's some, some nice little crowd sitting at this table, right? Moshe says, I can't. I wasn't Zeichah to go into Eretz Yisrael. Amal Yeshua. Shem says to Yeshua, okay, you go bench. He says, I can't. I didn't have children. Amal says, I'll bench. It would be nice for me to bench. After they finish the meal, Hashem brings the Torah. And Hashem starts to be Isaac with Torah. With Tahira. In the halachas of Tum and Tahira. David says, I got it In front of Hashem. Here's very important. And all the Tzadikim sitting by the Suda of Mashiach. So Yehei Shemoy Hagadol Mavarech Lo Eilu Mo Eilu Lamin Begin Eden. 
So in Gan Eden, all the tzaddikim say Yeheshmei Agadol Mevorech Lelomel. Upeisha Yisrael, the door to Gehenim and Gan Eden are opposite each other. Upeisha Yisrael Einim Amen. When they hear the bracha, they say Amen. Mitach Gehenim. Amakosh Bochol Amalachim. Hashem says to the angels, Mihem Alol Shalom Amen Mitach Gehenim. Who's answering? Amen from Gehenim. I'm in the fun of Rabbi Shalom. Halolo heim Paisha Yisrael. They're the Paisha Yisrael you threw into Gehenim. Sha'afa Paisha heim in Gehenim. Ba'aka Gedayla, even though they're in Gehenim in a very bad place, Mishaskin, they strengthen themselves. Ba'aymulu Fenecha Amen. See what a Jew is? He's in Gehenim. He's in all this pain, but he hears a bracha, he says Amen. Here comes the good part. Hashem turns to the Malach and he says, All those Paisha Yisrael who said Amen, open up for them the Sharagan Eden. They should come and they should sing in front of me. And it says, You hear what's going on here? So I will end with this. Should be spill Amen Echad. Because of one Amen, Sha'ayin Risham Mitoich Gehenim, that the Risham answered in Gehenim, the Tzaylim Mitoichai, they were saved. Kaysad, Asar Kosh Bachul Yosheshim Gan Eden. In the future, Hashem will be sitting in Gan Eden. sitting in front of him. And all the Malachim are standing there. The sun and the moon and all the Mazalim are next on the right hand. Uh, not, not the moon. The sun and the mazals on the right hand. And the moon and all its stars are on the left hand. And Hashem is learning Torah, Chadasha, new Torah. It doesn't mean a new Torah. Because we say in Animam and there'll never be a new Torah. It means new Chudushim that we never learned in this world on the Torah. When he finished, this is Rubava, I don't know who this is. Ben Shaltiel will get up. This is all the, the, uh, the Kaddish will be heard from one side of the world to the other. All the people in the world will answer. The Rishayim of Yisrael, that are left in Gehenim, Hashem will hear them saying, Amen. What's this loud noise I hear? These are the biggest Rishom, Jewish Rishom. Who could never get out of Gehenim? Right away, Hashem will have pity on them. What could I do? The Yetzirah already made business to them. He takes the keys of Gehenim in his hand. And bring him up here to Gehenim. They go with the doors. They go with the keys. This is a little scary. There are 8,000 gates into Gehenim. Three hundred long, three hundred wide. Whatever, it's, they're big. 
What are they going to do? Because they're in the bottom of the Gehenna. What, what are these two angels going to do? They grab their hands. And they carry him up. Like a person who picks up his friend. And he pulls him out of the, the with a string, a rope, outside of the pit. And they stand with them. They wash them. They smear them with oil. They heal them from the, the makas of the, the, the wounds of Gehenim. And they put on beautiful clothing. And they bring them to Ganadin in front of God. Right? Okay. They they fall on their faces, which and they bow down, and they bless his name. All the good tzaddikim that are sitting there, they say thank you and Haida. Hashem took all, all the all the bad talking about Jews that did big 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 averis, right? Why? They said Amen. Said Amen. One Amen. Did Averis in the place of Gehenna that nobody could get out. Washed them, cleaned them, brought them into Ganeidan, sang with them. The consequence of what they did put them into put them into Gehenna. The reaction to their action put them into Gehenna. But Hashem still loves them. So one Omein, even though what they did was their consequence, and the Kirsh pulled them out and brought them into Ganeidan. So the end of my night, the end of this very long year, at the end of the day, in Chinuch, from what we read in the Mishpacha, from what we learned in the Chumash, from what we heard from the Tan and the in the Chinuch of your children, there has to be consequence. In the Chinuch of your children, every action has to have a reaction. When he sent out his Talmidim to find the five most important things that a person should do, one of them was a person who, a Russia is a person who borrows money and doesn't pay back because when he borrowed money, he knew he could not pay back. So he did something, and he wasn't willing to accept the consequence. He borrowed money, the consequence of borrowing money is to pay it back. That was a double ra. What was one of the five things on the good side? The person who sees the consequence. He sees his action is the consequence. So what's good is, to see the consequence and accept it. What is bad is to borrow money and not pay back because you knew when you borrowed the money you couldn't pay back. You just didn't care because that's, you didn't care about the consequence of your action. You don't care about the reaction. The guy's not going to lend. As the Gemara says, what's the reaction? No one's going to lend money anymore. You're not paying me back. So when it comes to your children, at least from the Torah, from what we just learned, 
I'm not telling you to throw your kid out of the house, but in the case of what Baruch Hu, the consequence there had to be that you could not be in the same place that you used to be. If someone's being Machal Shabbos in your house and taking your other children down, the consequence is you can't be here anymore. Not because I don't love you, but the consequence of being Machal Shabbos and causing my other children to be Machal Shabbos means that the consequence is not the punishment is that you can't be here in my house. You can't be in my house and taking everyone else down. I have responsibility to them also. But that doesn't mean that I don't love you. And that doesn't mean that I shouldn't pack you food. And it doesn't mean I shouldn't make sure that wherever you're going, you have clothing and that you're taken care of. That doesn't, that has nothing to do with the consequence. So yes, you, you have to have, you have to lay out in your house, in your family, beforehand, not just do it on the fly. These are my consequences, just like Hashem did. And, and there's certain things you can't bring into my house. You can't live in Ghana then with a, with a satan. Uh, you can't be in my house with a girl. I can't have my other children see you pre- going into the, to your room with a girl in front of my other kids. It's not, you can't live in this house if that's the tumma you're bringing into my house. It doesn't mean I don't love you, Hashem. I'll show you, show you I love you. I'm packing your bag. I'm, I'm making the sandwiches for you. Uh, Hashem said, that has nothing to do with the consequence. The consequence of what you did, you can't be here anymore. But just because you can't be here anymore, doesn't mean I don't want to take care of you. But I can't take care of you here. You can't be in Ghanaian anymore. And I'm going to make sure you don't come back. So I'm going to put up these proven or whatever it is. You can't come back. It, it's not what it was as far as the Kedusha. So. so yeah, we have to have boundaries. And if you think that your kid doesn't see through it, read the article in the Mishpachat. And whoever wants to see it, in the mishpacha that was for that was for sukkahs, you see it. I'll tell you where it is. I know someone's going to say that some parent wrote it. It's not really the kid. I guess you call mishpacha, and um, I don't think they're going to print something that they didn't check out. You know, it doesn't sound like a parent wrote it. It sounds very real. Because I, I I I don't know where it is. Whatever. You'll have to go through it and find it. Um. But anyway, our children can, can see through everything. And they know that if we're giving them things that we hate, at the end of the day, they, they, they have another thing to be guilty about. Why? I made my parents go against what they believe. So not only am I a bad guy that I'm doing my own thing, but on top of that, I'm, I'm making them suffer. I'm making them do things. That, it's, like, it's like making me eat Brussels sprouts. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Why are you forcing me to eat Brussels sprouts? I don't like you doing the things that you're doing wrong. I don't know where it is. Wherever it is, it's in... Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Um, it's on page 310. It's called Mighty Waters Can't Extinguish the Love. Something like that. Here it is. It's on page 310. Shilobi Matzliach. And we should talk But just remember what I said tonight. They're ready in Gehenna. They're called Rishayim. And they said, one Amen in the other world. One Amen in the other world. And for that, they washed them and cleaned them and oiled them and made them nice and put on beautiful clothing and brought them into Ganeiden and took them out of Gehenna for one Amen in the other world. Imagine what you get for Amen in this world. Every single Amen. What an unbelievable Kayach. Shalobi Matzliach. We should talk a see. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.